Hello, this is Michael Polser, your personal upgrade guide. Recently, I was working with a guy that had come from an NLP or neurolinguistic programming background. In the area of NLP, he had developed some really great techniques in order to become more confident, more powerful, and just more like the quote unquote alpha male. And this was great because it helped him in so many ways. People started to notice him, but he wasn't being noticed in the way that he really wanted to. The people who used to look past him and ignore him paid attention, but they didn't pay attention in the right ways. They looked at him as being rather abrasive, kind of cocky and arrogant, and it in no way helped him in his professional and personal life. And I think this speaks to the issue that so many people face when they embark on personal change, self-development, self-help, whatever. And that is they want to really develop themselves. They want to be confident. They're sick of being their weak self. And so they try to find ways that they can become more powerful, more confident. And there's a lot of great tools out there that can get you there. I mean, just think about it. Listening to this, chances are you already know a lot about personal development. You probably learned something about anchoring from NLP, basically getting yourself in that peak state. And when you're in that peak state, you fire off an anchor. When you fire the anchor off, suddenly you feel good. And then you can fire the anchor off in other circumstances where you need that confidence. So we've all been there. We know that technique. And if you're not aware of it, I've got an episode on it in my back catalogue. However, by using this and not addressing the foundational issues, everything falls apart. That famous analogy that I keep referring to is that if you don't have a strong foundation for your house to be built on, it'll just get swept away by the next storm. And if you have all of these amazing techniques and you haven't worked on yourself, you haven't cleared out all that crap and rubbish, you haven't resolved those sores and you've still scarred up, if this speaks to you, then you are in no position to take on all of the personal change techniques, which makes you more confident and more powerful because all too often people just look at you and say, well, this guy is noticeable now, but he's kind of a douche. He's annoying. He's arrogant. He's up himself. He's conceited. And that's because all of the techniques amplify who you are. And that's something that not many people teach. If you have confidence, somebody doesn't look at you and say, wow, you possess the quality of confidence. No, they'll just look at your character and they'll notice it and notice that it's something that's appealing and strong and built on a foundation. And when this happens, when you've met this type of person, you really know about it. We've all met those tryhards and blowhards which just really rub people up the wrong way. And what's worse, they're rather delusional about their abilities. They think that, wow, I've got this all together. People respect me. I'm confident. I'm the man. But on the outside, nobody thinks anything like that. Everybody is looking at this guy saying, I wish he would just catch a clue. So today, I just want you to focus on one thing, one personality flaw, one part of your life which is really holding you back. Now, not the generic, I lack confidence or I lack self-esteem or anything like that. I want you to look at something that's inside of you which you really wish wasn't there. Now, you have to do a bit of introspection to get to this level. Otherwise, it's a blind spot that you're not aware of. Many people advocate asking others about this, but the fact is that 
people consciously, when they're asked to their face about your flaws, most of the time you won't get the right answer. According to the theory of planned behavior, we look at the model as behavior being the last thing that comes out of a complicated process. There are three initial aspects. The first is your attitude, which we talk about a lot. The second is a subjective norm. Again, this is subjective, so this varies person to person. It's not an objective norm, it's your perception of the subjective norm. And finally, we have perceived behavioral control. So these three elements, your attitude, your subjective norm, and your perceived behavioral control, i.e. those people who think that they can change, all use these three categories in order to move on to their intention. From the intention, the behavior follows. So let's deep dive into why these personal change techniques actually really mess somebody up. And that is because they're oblivious to their behavior. They go to these books or seminars and they go straight to things like their attitude, to their ability to change these deep-seated things. And the fact is they're so unaware of their current behavior that they just want to get a strong, powerful attitude, know that they have the ability to change. And often they overlook the subjective norm so they don't really have that filter. Then they have their intention that they're going to go out there and change the world. They go out there, they have this behavior, then it all falls flat. And one of two outcomes happens. The first outcome is possibly the best. And that is where people look at them and just say, hey, look, you're actually a bit of a douche lately. Something's up. Or the second outcome is that they're unaware of the feedback from other people. And they go around thinking that they're a superstar, but people all around them just don't respect them. And it'd be better if they didn't even embark on any personal change. What's worse about all of this is the fact that a lot of well-intentioned personal development authors and practitioners out there, they say, just ignore the feedback out there because people are not going to want you to change. So if somebody says something negative about your new personality, just ignore them. Now, obviously, we can see where they're coming from. People around you don't want to change if they're close to you, but you have to have discernment. And a lot of the time, people will notice you changing. So let's say that you're walking around, you're feeling really confident, and then someone approaches you, maybe a loved one or someone at work, and they say, hey, look, you've changed. Something's up. What's, what's wrong with you lately? You must then ask for clarification. The things to look out for is negative language. If they say that you're kind of angry, arrogant, overconfident, any of these things, and chances are you haven't addressed the deep-seated issues. But if it's somebody who you haven't really got on well in the past with before, and they give you some condescending advice, or if somebody is saying, oh, look, I just prefer the old you, just take it with a grain of salt, examine yourself, and see if they have any validity in what they say. You will know deep down if you have changed in the right way. And the way to do that is realize how you got to this place. Did you take on some confidence book or some self-help tip or some NLP technique that got you into a more confident state? If you did and didn't take care of the foundational issues, then chances are, as I said before, you're just amplifying all the wrong things. 
And this causes an extreme amount of pain and distress. Can you think of all of the pain that this guy that I was talking about went through? That he went around absolutely oblivious, thinking that he was the man. And when he finally realized, when he finally clicked, that he'd been wasting his time approaching life with this mindset that was actually working against him. How much it cost him in terms of his personal relationships, in terms of his professional world, in terms of just everything. And obviously his self-esteem took a massive hit when he realized this. But the fact that he picked it up was the main thing. And the way he picked it up was by going to the end of the theory of planned behavior and looking at behavior. And that is if you yourself can realize that or if someone else comments on it, it triggers you to realize, hey, there is an issue. And then you work backwards, reverse engineering or deconstructing, which is a huge part of what we teach. And that is going from behavior back into intention, just to see what the drives were that drove your behavior in the first place. So let's say that you're lucky enough to be working with somebody or you yourself are oblivious to any personal change material. So you have your behavioral aspect and you can see that when you're in public, you just shut down, that you just don't want to talk to anybody. So you take a step backwards from that. You look at your intention and you say, well, I don't like talking to other people because. Now, this is tricky because a lot of people go to this step and they don't realize that it's a cop out. It's a story that they've been telling themselves for many years. So keep going deeper and deeper into that step. Instead of just saying, I'm like this because other people are stupid, or I've been like this because I've always been like this. Try and think about the times when you have been different, or when the very first time that you notice this happening, and eventually you come to a place where you realize that there's something going on. Some incidences that I've seen before are people who are very, very shy and reserved, and they realize that there was a trauma in their life that was triggered, and subsequently they realized that by withdrawing to themselves, they found peace and comfort. Other people thought that they should be changing, but they were actually doing well. They were happy, and it turns out they were just really introverted, and so we can work with that too. So realizing what the intention is, is all important. And then of course, we work through the attitude, uh, understanding the subject of norms and the malleability of this, and the perceived behavioral controls, how much control you have on your behavior. The only step I want to focus on is the perceived behavioral control, because a lot of people, they understand that their behavior is fixed. Other people have this blind notion that they can change anything straight away. I think that most of us have a pretty fixed idea on our behavior, that we have some degree of control over it, but it will be invaluable if you really go back to the times when you have changed behaviors, when you've seen other people change their behavior and realize that behavior change is an absolute given that anybody can change. So that is all about behavior. The reason I focused on this is because it's a thing that pops out that you can really notice and other people notice. And from this place, you can affect change. But believe it or not, that's only one of the six parts of the holistic person of who you are. First step is your environment. 
The second step is your behavior. The third step is your capabilities. Fourth step is your values and beliefs. The fifth step is very important. That's your identity. And finally, the top step is your purpose. The focus on behavior this episode is for two reasons. The first one is to realize that you can change things at the level of behavior and that it's really important to do so, but not until you've got the foundations covered. But secondly, by understanding that the behavior is the warning light, it's a thing that reminds you that something has to change. We can focus here and then drive upwards all the way up the pyramid into our purpose and identity. If we get this back to front, if people come out and say, hey, I am this great person, I am the greatest, whatever it is, changing things at the level of identity and your values and beliefs, capabilities are all ignored, your behavior is just going to be atrocious and people are going to see that. The thing is, no matter how much personal development you've studied, no matter how much psychology you're into, everybody around you is a genius psychologist in terms of interpretation. So you can fool yourself, but chances are you can't fool other people, at least in the long term. And long term is the most important because we're talking about a life here. We're not talking about an event or an episode. So focus on a behavior that's holding you back. Reverse engineer it in terms of what was your intention that got you that behavior. Did it have anything to do with your past? When did you first notice it? All these other questions, the what, where, how, why, dig into it. And then if you want, you can take it back one step further and just evaluate what your attitude is in general to that behavior or the situation or environment which caused you to act in that behavior. Look at how you perceive norms in society, the subjective norms. And look at your perceived behavioral control. How much can you actually control your behavior? Do you ever affect control in your behavior or do you go on autopilot? And once you've done that, you'll be well on the step to take on our next session, which will really drive this all home. But before I sign off, just realize that simply by making changes at the level of behavior, if you've done it really intentionally, if you've looked at why you have this certain behavior, work through it and then change it to something that's more positive, you can actually affect healing and change all the way up to the top of the pyramid. Remember, if you don't do this, then chances are you do have this blind spot and other people notice it and you're totally oblivious to it. Don't be that person. Take this time of introspection, look at your life, look at your behaviors and start working backwards. I hope this has been helpful and I'll see you on the next episode.